Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Well, good morning. I'm excited about today. Uh, I do want to reiterate, if, if you've never been water baptized, uh, I highly encourage you uh, just to say yes to Jesus and that he said, be baptized. Uh, it's a really good thing when you take your master's words and you live them out. So I encourage you to be water baptized today if you haven't done that. And also, as we were singing, I felt like the Lord, uh, we're singing one of the songs there, and I just was overwhelmed by the, the love of God towards us. And of course, we had our uh, annual fundraiser for the Pregnancy Life Center this week, and just thinking about God being a creating God, a creative God, uh, a God who thinks up uh, every individual that's ever been born. Um, and, and the desire is, because he's a loving and creative God, he makes us, and then his, his, his desire is to pour his love into us. Uh, so if you're listening online or on the radio, you're here today, and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Um, being baptized is fantastic, but it doesn't get you to heaven. Uh, eternity is found in, in one way only, and that's saying yes to Jesus. Uh, God made you. And, and thought you up and crafted you and designed you specifically the way you are. And then his desire is to redeem all the amazing things in you. But it's got to start with a relationship. And so if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, uh, Jesus makes it really easy. He did all the hard stuff. And he says, here's a gift. You accept me and, and I'm yours forever. Uh, eternity, uh, an abundant life here on planet Earth. Uh, him molding and shaping you into the image of Jesus. But it all begins, like Romans 10 says, with a belief in your heart, saying, yeah, I believe you're the Lord and Savior, the cre- you're the creator God. And by faith, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say with my mouth that, that, that you're mine and that I'm yours. Uh, and so if you're here and you've never made that decision, you don't have to know all about Jesus to make that decision or no one would follow Jesus ever um, because we're always discovering more. But you start by faith in saying, I believe, and I want to be saved, would you save me? And, and he'll save you. And you don't have to go through a, a massive long prayer, but you can. You don't have to say, repeat after me words, but you can. You, you accept the gift and you open the gift. There's no rules to opening gifts. Uh, we just get to open them and they're ours. And so he gives you the gift of eternal life. And, and if you're here today, the most important thing I can say, the most important words we can sing, the most important prayers we can pray are for you who don't know Jesus. For those of us that know Jesus, we learn, we grow, we're discipled, we mature. Uh, we, we do all the stuff that, that helps us become uh, greater followers of Jesus, but we're saved. Not but we're saved. We, <laughs> praise God, we're saved. For those who don't know Jesus, the most important thing ever is for us in this room to let you know there's a God who loves you. There's a God who, who can't stand sin and can't stand the work of the devil. And so he made a way from the beginning of time and then Jesus showed up on planet earth uh, and, and he made a way to save us for all time. And that was through the, the life, death and resurrection of Jesus and us choosing to follow him. So if you're here today and you never made that decision, know that he wants you, he desires you. Don't get cleaned up, let him clean you up but say yes to Jesus. And then I encourage you to eat hamburgers and get dunked uh, in water baptism right after that. And here's the thing, our mission at HCF 
is leading people to discover their purpose and then the joy of Jesus. And the ultimate purpose for every human being ever is to know Jesus. Now, we have other purposes and other discoveries to make within that following of Jesus and the unique things he crafts us to do. But the ultimate purpose of all humanity is to be saved by Jesus. And so our desire is always going to start with the big purpose, capital P, is, is for you to discover that the purpose of your life is to be saved by Jesus. And then from that, as we, as we live out the joy of Jesus, we get to be a, a Jesus-following church and people and family that loves each other well. Proverbs 17, 17, uh, it says this, friends love through all kinds of weather. And families stick together in all kinds of trouble. So um, this week I was, uh, or not this week, but th- th- earlier this year, I'm sorry, I was, I was talking to a couple and they were talking about membership and they were relatively new here and had moved to the area and, and had some church wounds in the past that didn't stop them from following Jesus, but it made them go, hmm, church. And then they had church questions like, you know, why, why, why membership? I get family and body and all that, but what does that matter? And, and so we were talking some stuff through just with the, mainly the, the issues from the past that they were struggling with. Um, and, and the husband said, you know, sometimes he goes, I, I always love Jesus, but sometimes I can't stand the church. Uh, and it's a very common, common problem for a lot of people to, in, in, in living out their lives of following Jesus. Uh, and then... And then the wife asked the question. I read that passage in that same version because I love the message version for that verse. Uh, Proverbs is a wisdom book. Uh, so it's telling us how to, how to do life together in, in, in Christianity and in the church. And I read that. And, and so she said, well, then why do so many hate when storms come? And, and why do people leave when trouble happens? And I said, personally, I think they're letting pain dictate their lives and they're not looking at Jesus. Um, It doesn't mean it's the end of the story for anybody. But if I ever let pain or circumstances or, 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 or people's actions and reactions dictate my life instead of Jesus, well, good luck. And it probably ain't gonna be good because then I'm making the decisions based on pain or fear or worry or circumstances as opposed to eyes on Jesus and nothing will ever go wrong for me. Suffering may happen, but that doesn't mean that's wrong because if I'm following Jesus wholeheartedly, nothing can really go wrong from my life. And so we have these struggles. And today we're, we're talking about, uh, about family and we'll, we'll get to the big idea in a moment. But, um, but we struggle with, well, what does family really mean? Yeah, we're all a part of the worldwide church of God. That's family enough. And it's like, well, that'd be like every cousin of mine uh, being, you know, in my house, and that doesn't make sense. I have my household. That's my family family, and the rest are my extended family. The Worldwide Church of God is our extended family. Where God places you is your family that you're supposed to do life with uh, through all kinds of weather and whatever trouble may come. And so there's some biggies that, that stop us from really diving in, really buying into and, and living out what it means to be a member of a church family. There's sin, there's selfishness, there's pride. Those are kind of big overarching ones. There's there's flesh issues. 
dating back to, you know, Cain and Abel where you have hate or bitterness or revenge and that you know, I'm acting that way or they've acted that way and so I'm just going to isolate myself or kind of write my own Christianity. And then there's the, probably the main ones, the, the heart level issues that cause us to go, uh, I don't know, pain. Not physical pain, but relational pain, heart pain. Unforgiveness, which is a disease of the heart that says you owe me, and, uh, and even when you pay back what you owe me, it's not enough, because unforgiveness is never satisfied. Then there's fear, fear of a lot of different things. Fear of the unknown, fear of getting hurt again, fear of letting someone have uh, input into my life, fear of being known, fear of, uh, of, of maybe something in the past I've never dealt with, all sorts of these things that, that cause us to go, I really don't want to be uh, an all-in member of the family, I just want to be a part of the worldwide family of God, I love Jesus, but the church, uh, I don't know about. Now for me, I've always loved the church, and it's actually a bit odd on some levels, because you know, in my wildest days, uh, I call them 86 through 89 Southwest Texas days. Uh, those, I mean, I lived insane for a two and a half, three year period, but I always loved the church. I was always drawn back to it. Uh, I lived a duplicitous life. I wasn't trying to prove myself to anybody because I, I didn't really give a rip. But at the same time, I, I loved the church and then I loved the flesh of my life. I was just, Always at church, basketball leagues and Sundays and whatever events. And if you gave me a free hamburger in college, I'm not leaving until you kick me out. You know, I always loved the church. Some of my hardest moments in life have been walking through church stuff with people around me in every church I've ever been in. And I wouldn't change it for a thing. Some of the worst times I've ever personally lived through. I saw church people, my family, rally to me, rally to my wife, rally to my family, to the point where I was like, wow, like Jesus knows what he's talking about. I mean, I knew it, but until you experience stuff, you don't always know it, know it, right? I can know of things, but then when you walk through stuff, you know things. I can know of a person, but it's not until I meet that person and do life with them that I know that person. And when, when church family rallies to you through health, relationship, uh, accusation, betrayal, pain, uh, gut punch to the soul, man, you can't put a price on that. You just can't put a price on that. And, you know, for me, outside of the, the death of my, my firstborn and and uh, the breaking of my own marriage during, during all that, that stuff. Uh, my biggest wounds in life have come from church people. My life, my heart, you know, my wife, my kids, my ministry, different things that happened that I, that I walked through. Yet, like Proverbs said, I saw and lived in a church where friends were loving through these storms. And the church family was sticking together in and through that trouble. I just love Jesus' church. And there's no better place to reside, in my opinion, on the planet than, than in the church. So today's core value, 
Our sixth core value at HCF is family. And the big idea is that we are better together in small caring communities. We're great here. This is awesome. I think Jesus gets a, gets, you know, I don't know if he gets a high or whatever, but you know, he gets, he watches us worship. He's like, I love that. That gets me excited. Because we, we come together and we have a family reunion every Sunday and we worship Jesus. But it's when we pull away and get in those small caring communities that we really begin to do life with one another. Because we can't really open up and, and tear things apart and ask all the questions and, and, and let everything be known in, in a group of 500 that we, that we could in a group of 10 or, or 20 or, or 50 uh, in, in a small caring community. Romans 12, verses 1 through 16, give us the, the, the picture of, of really how to, how to live a life of love in community with your church family. It's a long passage, and you can follow on screen if you want. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's repentance. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Anybody have a desire to know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will? Like, everybody should really raise their hands. I get it, you know. But come on, man. Can you imagine if you had, if you're like, I literally know God's good, perfect, and pleasing will. And it's because I live my life not for myself, but for, for others in the midst of others. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give you this, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. <clears throat> Be honest, no elbows, no elbows, okay? Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, the church worldwide, but specifically talking to each individual church. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well, so... If God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Be, always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who persecute you. It's tough. That's why it's best done in families. He can have people rally to you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. <laughs> be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. In other words, let your heart be tender. 
Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. Great stuff. And it's best done in family and community because people can help you. You don't know everything. Sometimes you just need that real person in your life to say, you don't know it all. Or you need that real person in your life to say, hey, let's pray for him and bless him. Did you know what they did? Do you have any idea what they said? I heard from somebody who heard from somebody who saw it on Facebook and they said that's probably what it meant. So no, I'm not going to pray for him. But Jesus says, okay, I'll pray for him. Family helps that happen. Us on our own, we're going to run to the flesh things when stress happens. Okay? But together we point each other to Christ. Christian unity is one of the essential musts of the gospel. And that's what Paul's hitting at here. We're born again into a family of faith for all eternity. While we live on planet Earth, we've got stuff to do. And then there's going to be eternity, which is the entire family of God together in perfection. And, and of course, believers around the world are a part of the worldwide church of Jesus for any Jesus-centered and Jesus-following church. But we're never a family until we're a part of a local church. To have a family, you got to be a part of the local church. You have to. And I don't care what you've gone through. I care, but I'm saying I don't care as far as it being a block in your life from the blessing of the Lord. You have to find a a caring church, a, a family that focuses on Jesus and loves doing the things of the gospel to call your church family. If you're a guest here with us today and you have another church somewhere else, Man, be a vibrant part of that church, but make sure that church is where you are because you're required by Jesus for the health of your life to be a part of a church family. And like every family ever, we have have unique individuals that blend together to form a body. We're a body of Christ, so we have different functions and different roles. We do different things, but, but we're a family in that. We're unified because we ran headfirst into the grace of Jesus Christ and he saved us. We're saved from our sin. We're saved from our past. We're redeemed by his spilt blood on the cross and we're made perfectly right in Jesus. And unity is beautifully diverse and messy. It's colorful and it's different from us. It's hard and it's easy. It's perfect and it's imperfect. It's life together in Jesus and for Jesus and for others. That's what Christian unity is. That's the family of God. And like Paul is telling us here, it's always better together in small caring communities. It's always better together in small caring communities because that's who knows you and can know of you and you can know. We all come together with all our different giftings to form the church, the local church. Every member's needed. That's what Paul was talking about. Uh, it's necessary for the church to be at its best. I mean, think about this. Would you ever, if God came to you and said, and he said, you're, you're withholding something from me. I can't, I can't get as much done because you're not doing something that I need you to do. And, and you love God. Wouldn't you say, well, what is it, Lord? What is it? What do you need me to do? Well, if you're not a member of a, 
of a Jesus-loving church, God is coming to you, and he's saying there's some things I cannot do in your life or in the life of an entire church family or in the kingdom of God on planet Earth because you won't do the one thing I ask you very specifically to do in Scripture, and that's be a part of a church body. And I know you got these things that give you all the reasons in your logic why not, but ultimately, let's open the Scripture, and what does it say? Almost every letter Paul wrote was to a church. So all the stuff we read, it was written to them, but it was written to us as a church family. We can't just go, oh, that's just for me as a, as a Lone Ranger Christian. Lone Ranger Christians don't exist. And think about it. If, if the church family is the bride of Jesus Christ, what does it say about those who don't want to be a part of it? What does it say about Jesus' bride if I say I don't want to be a part of his bride? You wrestle with that. <laughs> or what if somebody lets pride or wounds stop them from being, from being a, a part of this Jesus-crafted belonging that he desires for us? Well, I've got, I just, I just don't think it really means that. But it says it over and over and over, so you're wrong there. Well, I got wounds from the past and I can't always trust people. Okay, but it says it right everywhere. And it's the bride. I think it's one of the things that I struggle with, with being so selfish and self-centered and sinful, yet loving the church. I was always like, that is your bride, so I gotta love her. Like, I believe in you, I just don't wanna follow you, but I'm definitely not gonna diss on your bride, Jesus. And so I had this odd reverence in my sinful ignorance, or actually it was willful ignorance. But I never, I never got away from the fact that this is your bride. You married the church, so I will not diss the church at all because I'm not going there with you, Jesus. Although I live sinful, so I, yeah, I'm messed up, right? But if I say I love Jesus, but I, I, I can't covenant with a local church, can I really love Jesus? I don't know. Praise God, I don't live that way. And praise God, I don't make that decision for other people. I'm not the judge. But if someone says, I love Jesus, but I, I can't stand the church, or I can't do the church, or I can't be a part of a church, or I, I certainly can't make a covenant with the church, can I really love, love, love Jesus? If God designed life to be done in a family in church, and I'm not a part of that, what does that say about my belief? And at the same time, like what's so awful about messiness, right? I mean, what's wrong with friction at times? What's wrong with different personalities that aren't the same as me? Like for me, my family, I mean, there's five kids and Sarah and I, so that's seven loud humans, right? My family is wild and sweet and loud and funny. We're head-scratching and beautiful. There's trouble getting along at times, believe it or not. And stormy weather patterns to navigate in our family life. And it's such a glorious, spectacular place to live and grow in love. If we were perfect cookie-cutter computer screens with, with all the right binary codes and nothing went out of place, what a boring existence we would be. Who in the world really wants a bizarre, frictionless nirvana? I mean, really. 
We all say, oh, I, just want, I just want peace. I want nothing to ever happen. You'd be bored in a minute. You'd be like, something bad happened, please. Something spice up this life. Nobody likes a taco with meat that has not been salted even, right? It's like, uh, don't give me the calories. Just, I need a cheesecake or something. But really, without, without, this, without this friction and this messiness, it's like a flat Coke, or a, a lukewarm cup of coffee, or a, a big watermelon that tastes like a rind. How boring would that be? We are better together in small, caring communities, and there's messiness and, and awkwardness and juggling that goes on there. But God created this world and redeemed us into his church to enjoy the variety of his creativity. And the stuff of life that we go through is for our maturity and our advantage. Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25 says this. The author writes, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Other versions say, let's see how inventive we can get to encourage each other. And let us not neglect our meeting together. Don't stop worshiping together. We must gather He's saying there, don't neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And today it was closer than it was yesterday. And tomorrow, should he tarry, it's one day closer. Love for each other in Jesus must manifest itself in how we love and serve each other as we gather and do life together. See, God's building something here. We're going to look at that specifically, scripture, uh, that scripture in a second. But there are so many varied parts in a church family, and he's building something. And he wants everyone to, to be a part of the plan that he has. Now, his message of grace and salvation is going forward, but he wants you a part of that. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22 in the message, it says this. You are no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. And he's talking about a church because he's writing to a church. So he's saying, not saying you belong here in the family of God, which is true. He's saying you, you belong in the local family of God. You have as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he's building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. When he says that brick by brick, stone by stone, you might be this stone that's, you know, you're, you're strong and you're a little bit craggy and then there's a brick over here for this other guy and then your neighbor next to you, he's the mortar in between fitting you all together. You can't go on top of that brick, there's a gap. So someone's the mortar. God's building, and even bricks that are perfectly flat are never going to be perfectly flat, so that mortar fits them in. Plus, they're not going to sit on top of each other and just topple when the winds blow. That mortar holds them together. 
brick by brick, stone by stone, mortar, yeah, furniture, lights. Everybody has a part. And if you don't step into what God has for you in family, there's going to be something missing there. If you belong here, what does that look like in your weekly life, in your daily life? If God plans to use you, like the author says, like Paul says there, to build and strengthen and fortify and grow his church, what are you doing to make that successful? We have life groups here at HCF. These are small caring communities that, that meet in homes different days of the week. Uh, on Sundays, they meet at different times of the day. In the, in the weekdays, they, they meet in the evenings. And find one and be in one. They're, they're spread out all over, and our heart is that we keep growing more and more, and we have them all the way out to Bertram and Liberty Hill and, and all the way down to South Marble Falls and, and all the way out towards the, the lakes and, and, and towards Lano. But, but find a life group and be in it and do life together. Let them know you, be known, and then know them so that you can be a part of their life as well. We got Wednesday Night Live. You can come on a Wednesday night. You can, you can eat and share and talk. And, and, and our goal is always to find Jesus in every book. And our goal is not to finish an outline. It's to say, hey, what's Jesus saying? What'd you get from it? What are you challenged by? What are you encouraged by? What's, what are you confused by? Let's talk about this. We've got Cultivate. On Sunday nights, you learn about your identity in Jesus. Knowing who we are in Jesus will probably get us through about 90% of the issues of life. You can learn how to walk in freedom, how to deal with uh, maybe some healing issues in your heart, some, uh, so, some skills of, of oh, how does it mean to, to forgive and then, and then, to, and then to pray for and, and, and release that to Jesus. Life studies on Sundays, it's growth and relationships. Teams that you can serve other people with your team around you, your team of servers can be a, a, a family unit itself as you live for others because you love Jesus. And I encourage you to go out there after the service before you head over to the picnic and just grab some information. Find out where your local life group is. There's cards for everyone, every life group. There's, there's info on, on all the stuff we offer. But this is how we do life in small, caring communities. And one final thing, using that Proverbs passage as our plumb line. As we love through storms and trouble, we're going to help rescue people and extend grace. We won't attack. We're going to run too. We won't turn our backs. We're going get, to get in the mud pit with because Jesus can always clean us off. Galatians 6, 1 through 3 tells us how to go through the, the messiness of life with one another. And I'm reading from the NLT. I encourage you to read it from the message as well today. But it says this, and Paul writes to Galatians 6, 1, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, trapped by a wrongdoing or, or falls into sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly Help that person back onto the right path. Stoop down, reach out, pick up. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. That's why we have family, so we don't make boneheaded decisions. Share each other's burdens. Help carry 
the heavy stuff in people's lives. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. This passage, they would have read it in, in, in the way back then of, man, help set bones that are broken. Help mend some nets that are torn. They would have understood the, the practicality of it all there. So here's the thing. Anybody have heart issues? Get set free. You got, you got hate issues? Let's learn to forgive and release that stuff. You got fear issues? Jesus wants to heal you. He wants you to, to learn to place your trust in him. And, and as you honor him and the way he's made it, he, he's going he's gonna to set you free for all time. You got pride issues? Mm, not going to be a part of a church. You got pride issues? Just let go. Walk in the path of true life in Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And we're going to worship him one more song. And I encourage you, man, if you need to make some things right with Jesus and make some decisions, you start right now in this song. We're going to sing a song about blessing. And it's the blessing the Lord wants to bestow on us. The, the blessing will always be thwarted in some way when we don't do what Scripture asks. Being a part of a church family is one of the easiest ways to unleash heaven for the blessings of your life. And we don't do it to get blessed, but he can't help but bless us when we walk in the way he asks us to. So God, we come before you today, and I'm so thankful for family. I'm thankful that we were orphans, those of us who didn't know you. We were orphans and vagabonds and loners, and you saved us, adopted us into your family, and then you gave us a last name that is yours. And I thank you that that in a smaller sense, you say now be a part of an, another family, a church family with all its messiness and with all your messiness. And let's mature and grow and see other people saved and let me pour out my blessings on you and the church because I'm building something here. Lord, help us all to choose today to be a part of the building, whether we're a stone, stone or a brick or the mortar or some fashion inside the home. Let us say, Jesus, take me, have me, Use me for your kingdom. But ultimately, let us all find a church family that we can call our home and do everything within us to love Jesus and love others out of that. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.